It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. Well, you come to the uh, time of the uh, the season where I'm kind of... Uh, you mean the end of the season? <laughs> well, no, the, the time of the season because it's the end of the season. It's, right. You know, we've got one game left. Uh, one one team still playing, and they'll play on Saturday, and then and then it's not a long layoff for us. It's it's about two months without a game, right? And really, it's about a month until we dive into football coverage. Yeah, being, and then like, things it's the, go fast. It's the middle of July when we start bringing coaches on. So I mean, it's it's a fun part of the year, but it's a sad part of the year because we get to kind of reflect back right on things. And that's probably what we'll be doing for part of Monday's show right. is Next kind week, of reflecting back. We usually do our top 10 games. We'll just have an episode where we just kind of look back, talk about everything, but we still have one team left. We still have one There's, team left. Still looking forward with them. Uh, Richmond bowed out, and it was it was a good effort, but the magic just ran out. Yeah, that that's a, a good way to, to put it, uh, and they led most of the, the way, um, but, uh, I mean... Vicksburg, in the end, I thought Vicksburg deserved it. Um, uh, it was a good game. Either side could have won, but, you know, Vic- Vicksburg made uh, a couple more plays than Richmond did. We'll get into all of that because we'll talk about that one first. Then we'll dissect Algonac's win and talk about what uh, they've got left to uh, do uh, as uh, we uh, kind of wind down the school year here on uh, GetStuckOnSports.com. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into tp logos you will find something you love for your local team if they don't have what you like they'll custom make something just for you that's tp logos at 901 michigan avenue in marysville mattress king has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years with locations in port huron richmond lapeer chesterfield and hall road they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs mattress king carries all the top brands such as serta stearns and foster sealy eye comfort and tempur-pedic not only do they have the best prices and and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews. They also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Garrett Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Garrett Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44. Duraclean by Bachelor. 
Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Homestyle Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back. I'm, I'm just doing a little math uh, work here, uh, Brady, because uh, there's a player I want to talk about. But my first question to you, yes, you, you saw the game yes. uh, yesterday uh, as well. Um how in the world is Kennedy Davis hitting seventh for Vicksburg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How uh, in the world is that girl not their three or four hitter? I think it was just one of those games and one of those days where she was entirely locked in, and we just saw maybe her best day, and it was enough to sink Richmond because she was having at-bats that were epic and it didn't matter what shoe boy threw at her, it felt like she wasn't getting she wasn't gonna make it out, or if she did, it wasn't going to be uh easy. Like the bottom of the order was actually tougher for Richmond to get through than the, the, the top middle part of the order. Am I wrong? No, I was gonna I was gonna do this um because this was a, a stat. Four through seven for Vicksburg went five for nine with um Four hit or they got on base five out of nine times with four hits and three RBIs, and the rest of the batting order went 0 for 15 <laughs> with five strikeouts. Yeah, so the top of the order, no problem, but the, that that like middle late third was impossible for them to get through. And yeah, I don't know how Davis was the seven hitter. Maybe that was just her best game of her life. Maybe it. They played Richmond, and for whatever reason, she was seeing Shoe Boy well, but she was uh, the Achilles heel for Richmond. Yeah, uh, she almost hit a three-run home run early in the uh, game. I, I had a better look at it from my vantage point in the press box. It was about five feet foul. Right. She crushed uh, it. Crushed it. Yeah, but, it was a no doubt about it. It was just a question of are they going to roll this a fair ball or a foul Like, it ball, was but, over the foul pole. Yeah, but it was uh, – I mean, higher than the foul yeah, pole. It, it, it moved was to the left. Five, five feet to the left, and it was hooking the whole time. So um, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, you know, she crushed it. That that would have been a home run. Right. This isn't going to stay fair for her. Um, the next one stayed fair. Yeah. It's, it stayed about 15 to 20 feet fair, and it was a long way over the fence. Like, it, it wasn't – you had to hold your breath and go, ooh, maybe they'll catch nope. it. Maybe this is going to die out near the fence and stay in the, the park and only tie they get. No, it was gone, and you're like, oh. I think I audibly said, uh-oh, in the writer's area when they hit it. 
Like you just heard the ping, you just went, oh, oops. And yeah, it was it was kind of like Ella Stevenson's from last year, where it just kept going, and you knew right away it was a bomb. And that's what that's what sunk Richmond. And what, what was the final? Four to two. Four to two. And they were that was in the bottom of the six. They were leading two to one basically the whole game, right? Yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a minute. I, I wanna give you Piper Clark's numbers in the, for the postseason. She was ridiculous. And you know, me and you had the same thought. She didn't get to bat in the seventh, but if it somehow got to her, you knew she was gonna do something. She was gonna hit it into the river or onto the street behind the trees, and she had been ridiculous all postseason long. Um, it was a magical run, and while, yeah, it sucks that it was over and it kind of got done, you're like, man, they were like four outs away from making it back to the state championship. It was still an incredible run, and I'm sure if you contrast it to some other runs they've had, it wasn't at, like, this run might have been tougher than some other times they've gotten here. Beating, walking off Marysville in the district semifinals coming back to beat St. Clair in the district finals a one nothing game against Country Day and walking off Frankenmuth like those are four teams that if they were playing yesterday I think uh, no one would have been like what the hell is this team doing here like they all would have been worthy like you've seen all all those teams play they could have played with Vicksburg like they could have played and won that game, all four of the teams that Richmond beat outside of Lamphere in the regional semifinal. All right, so yeah, the the in, at the district they walked off Richmond on Clark Marysville or Marysville on Clark's two run home run in the bottom of the eighth. Then they played Richmond in the final. They were down after three innings, five to two. They went to now Shoe Boys a sophomore too, but they went to a different sophomore <laughs> in, in uh, Pites again. Unheard of. Dennis, have you ever seen no. someone go to a JV player that you didn't know existed yeah. in a district semifinal or district final against a team that's done nothing but break softballs and, and, with their and, bats? And the first three innings that she's in there, they completely turn the game around and outscore St. Clair 9-1. to one, And then she finally faltered in the seventh and gave up a three-run homer and to make it an 11 to 9 game but then Shoeboy just came in and struck out the last two hitters and and got the save in that one then they went to the uh regional they destroyed Lamphere 11 to nothing but again they start Pites in that game and the first hitter doubles the next hitter lays down a beautiful bunt and they've got first and third with nobody out in the regional semifinal in a game that they're supposed to win, and you're going, what's going on? The number three hitter is up to bat. And then Lamphere tried one of those plays that just drives me nuts. <laughs> the first you and know, third. The first and third, and the runner goes, and Richmond played it perfectly. Clark stepped in thr- front of the bag, caught the throw, threw the runner out at the plate. The other runner kept going, thinking they could sneak over to third and were gunned down. Third baseman, Liz Shoeboy, was waiting for the player to get there to tag her. It was like the scene in Major League. Come on, hmm. come on. And it was an easy double play. And then wouldn't you know it, on the very next pitch, the number three hitter rakes one into left field for a hit. Had they just played the game normally, they would have scored a run in that inning. And anyway, you don't know what's going to anyway. happen. But then uh, R- Richmond goes off. Wins that game eleven to nothing. Then they have the one nothing walk off win against Country Day in the final. Then they walk off Frankenmuth in the quarterfinal. 
Um, and Piper Clark was involved in all of the walk-offs. Um, and in the postseason, they play six games. They go five and one. And Piper goes 11 for 18 with two homers, two triples, two doubles, four walks, four steals. She scored eight runs. She drove in nine. Wow. That's a hell of a postseason. That's a hell of a postseason. And and for all but one play, she was flawless defensively. Right. And um, that's, I mean, that's as good of a postseason as we've seen, right? So she hit 6-11 in the postseason, and her slugging percentage and all those goofy numbers that I don't understand are off the charts. Right. When you're, when you're throwing in 11 hits, six of them for extra bases. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, it, it was scoreless going into the bottom of the, uh, the second, and it all started with a hit-by-pitch. Um, and then there was a, a bunt attempt that ended up being an infield single. Then there was another bunt attempt, pop up to the catcher, which actually it was a really great play by Stafford. She didn't even get the mask off. The ball wasn't up in the air long enough, but she turned around, found it, and made a little basket catch over her shoulder. Then Davis hit a ball down the line that we thought was gone, and understandably the next couple of pitches weren't close, and she walked to load the bases. So bases loaded, one out. And they did get a run out of the situation. The girl hit a ground ball to short. They got an out at first, a run scored, and then a strikeout. Shoeboy was her best in the postseason when she was in pressure situations and when there were runners on base. You could get runners on against her, but until the sixth inning of this game, nobody could get the big hit against her. Right. Um, and, and that was kind of the key to it. So, And Vicksburg didn't do anything uh, until that same part of the lineup came up the second time through, and they loaded the bases again with one out. They got a single strikeout, single walk, and then she got a pop-up to third and a strikeout to get out of the inning without giving up a run. In the meantime, Richmond had their big flurry in the third after two were out. So Shoeboy had a really good at-bat. She saw double-digit pitches, eventually struck out, but right. she fouled off a lot of pitches and really battled. Rancilio hit a rocket out into the gap in left center that got caught. And then Hildreth singled sharply up the middle. Clark tripled off the wall in right center to tie the game. And Stafford then singled to put him ahead 2-1. to one. And then Shoeboy doubled off the bottom of the left field wall. Right. And they had second and third, and Reinhardt lined out a low-line drive, and the girl at second, who kind of had a rough day, right. made a good play. I, for a second, I thought it hopped into the glove. Yeah. But, but uh, they said she made the, uh, the catch. And really after that, Richmond only had two more base runners the rest of the game, and, the, and they had uh, first and second with one out in the uh, fifth, and they grounded into a double play to end the inning. But Vicksburg, again, they had the bases loaded twice in the game and got one run out of it. Third time around was in the, uh, the sixth, and how does it start? First time around, it starts with a hit-by-pitch. This time around, it starts with an error involving two players who don't make errors. Right. It, it is what it is. Then again, Peyton Smith just trying to bunt, and it goes off her bat too hard over the head of Liz Shoeboy at third, and she gets a, a single out of that. Then with one out, Kennedy Davis comes up, and it was a bomb. Yeah. It was an absolute bomb over the left field. There weren't fence. a lot of hard hit balls off of Shoeboy all day. No, and no, that the, was the, just the two that she hit were the two hard hit balls mm-hmm. all day long. 
Um, the one was a foul ball, so that doesn't matter. But that one stayed fair, and that one mattered because that was the difference in the game. Because now it's like, oh, my goodness. They're, they still had two outs to get in the inning. You're right. Like, that, that's the thing. Like the, It just unraveled so quickly that it's like, oh, geez, now they're down by two. They still right. have to get two more outs, and then they only have three outs left. And then you're looking at their lineup going, two kids have to get on for Piper Clark to get to the plate. That's their best chance. Right. Um, and, uh, again, I thought there were some good at bats, but they went out one, two, three, uh, in the uh, top of the uh, seventh against, uh, Davis who was good, but not dominant. Right. Richmond had seven hits, um, and Vicksburg ends up winning it, uh, four to two and they're on to the, uh, the final and Richmond season comes to an end. And, uh, and again, a BWAC team. Has the lead late the semifinal game in East Lansing. I just can't get over the top. Right. But I still proclaim like I did in the last podcast, this is a really good league, and the, the top teams in this league are elite. Well, and again, I'm going to say this like I did after basketball season, and it comes all relative, but Richmond is only, relative only, losing Piper Clark. That's a big loss. But when you bring back everybody else, that, hey, you're going to probably be in a spot to get back here next year or have the ability to. Yeah, you lost your best bat and the one that carried you through the postseason, but you're hoping that you're going to get some of the young players to develop. You had some youth on that team. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Hildreth already hits pretty good, and she's right. going to be a year older. Stafford hits really good. She's going to be a year uh, older. Uh, I, I love Emma Bambrick, and she's going to be a year older. Um, I mean, yeah, they're still going to be all right. Liz Shoeboy will – she was their number five hitter. She'll either hit third or fourth for them right. next year, and, and she'll be a – she hit a ton of home runs this year. She'll be an even bigger threat next year. I mean, and they, you get Katie Shoeboy back, and now you also know that Lillian uh, Pites can yeah, throw and is young. Right? If, if, you need, <laughs> if you need her to throw, you can. So, so I mean, the, 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 yeah, uh, Reinhardt comes back. They're, they're, they're still uh, a real good uh, softball team there. Piper Clark will be a big loss, and she was just locked in in the, uh, the postseason. That's one of the best postseasons I've seen. But it was a magical run, and clock struck midnight, I guess. Um, yeah, you, you pulled out a couple games that were as 50-50 as they got, and the last one, you just made one bad pitch, and that's the difference. A couple errors and a bad pitch. Yeah. So, anyway, that puts a, a pin in softball season in 2023. Yeah, and, you know, I I don't, I don't know, Brady. I, I thought – I'm not saying – you can't say, oh, you're going to get a state championship. There's too many teams, and right. there's too much we don't know. But I thought we'd get somebody to the finals. In, in the I four divisions, too. I thought we had threats. Well, and mainly two and three. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought, I don't know. It's always tough because we knew in Division two that only one team was going to make it there. We didn't have a chance for a Richmond-Algonac semifinal like we did last year. Um, so it was hard to say. 
I mean, we had a lot of talent, but we knew they were going to cannibalize themselves, and whoever was coming out was going to have to face a tough opponent. So I guess the toughest one is Algonac losing, um, but I'm interested to see what Whiteford does because I have a feeling Whiteford might show up at uh, East Lansing and kind of cruise a little bit. Their pitcher's good, and that might have been a state championship at Wayne State. We'll see. Okay. Well, uh, we will have a state uh, championship in East Lansing involving an area team because Algonac baseball did win, and Brady will tell us about that, and then later on in the uh, program we'll break down uh, the game that they'll have to play on Saturday when we come back. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Magic King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think Sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. With in-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. 
If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. And uh, Brady, Algonac uh, baseball keeps on keeping on. And I love it when a plan comes together and the star player is a star player. Yeah. um, First few innings were a little nerve-wracking. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Lansing Catholic came out swinging. Uh, This Lansing Catholic is, I mean, if you go by the rankings and just talking around was probably the next best team after Algonac there. Again, everyone's good. You get to the final four. And their left-handed pitcher, Drew Tolfrey, on the year he had given up three earned runs. And at first I'm going, okay, they just have a generous scorekeeper. Well, even if he was, he only had given up four runs total, so they had him down for one unearned (laughs) run. So, okay, even if that was a scorekeeper giving him the benefit of the doubt, that's still an under a one ERA. And he had been wonderful. And I'm not going to lie, he had Algonac looking kind of silly in the first two innings. He faced seven batters, gave up one hit, didn't strike anyone out, but it was a lot of soft contact. And I go, uh-oh. Meanwhile, Lansing Catholic having long at-bats against Josh Kasner. Strike zone was, I'd say, a little smaller. Like, it was a batter's strike zone. I didn't think anything was egregious and it was consistent, but it was just a batter strike zone. Anything near the black was usually a ball. So that helped that Lansing Catholic went with a patient approach, and they just wouldn't swing and miss. They were fouling pitches off, so even when they were making outs, it was a long at-bat. Um, and it was um, like just couldn't get the swing and miss. It was a single uh, in the first that got a couple runners on, then a walk, so there's traffic it was 24 pitches in game uh, or in inning number one and then in the second inning it was only four batters but it was another like 15 ish pitches then in the third a hit batter um and a stolen base put a runner on a, a another walk and then a bloop single down the right field line for for drew berlin game and it's one nothing and lansing catholic's excited and you're going man josh kasner hasn't looked bad but he just looks human he looks mortal, like he doesn't look like this overwhelming force. And they got out of the inning. He, he stranded the bases loaded. Uh, but Lansing Catholic still excited. They're they're up one nothing. They're feeling good. And in the bottom of the third, it started off the same way he'd been going. A strikeout. Then Matt Ricks worked along at bat. At bat, he uh, hit a batter. A uh, batter. He got hit by the pitch. Then Evan Sadler uh, singled into shallow center field. So it's runners on first and third. Uh, or Sadler moves up on a stolen base. Ty Schultz strikes out. And Josh Kasner is in a one-two count. And you're thinking, all right, well, hey, if you can just get the one run back. Pitch comes, turns on the inside, and you just hear the crack and the ting. And it's going. And you're going, oh, wow, he crushed that. And you're going, this is going to be gone if it's fair. And it went about 15, 20 feet over the 340 sign in left. And he hits a three-run bomb. And you could just feel all the air come out of Lansing Catholic. They had their one-run lead. And they were a strike away from getting out of the the third. Still one nothing. And Kasner puts puts it for a ride. And you could tell it was almost disbelief. The left fielder kept pointing like, no, it went foul. And 
like just almost hoping in vain that <laughs> it would change something. And just like that, I mean, obviously a three-run home run is going to be a pivotal point, but that was a uh, that was the hammer, and Lansing Catholic never recovered. And you could tell they took it to the plate in their next at-bats because after being so patient all day, they went down in the fourth in five pitches. First pitch uh, pop out, first pitch fly out, and then a three-pitch strikeout. And it was all the air was gone, and he, and it helped that Algonac was helping themselves out. They made an error to start the fifth, but then Algonac twists a 6-4-3 double play, and it's just another punch to the gut. They'd get a couple doubles the rest of the way, but didn't do anything with them, never moved them past second, and Josh Kasner slams the door. Matt Ricks actually manufactured a run basically himself in the in the fifth inning to give them a 4-1 lead. But after that, Josh Kasner was terrific. He ends up going seven innings, one-run baseball, has the three-run home run, and yeah, he was a dude on Thursday, and that's why Algonac is playing for a state title because he was able to settle down. And I do think the moment got a little big at first. Um, a little nervous, you know, first state semifinal in your program's history. Whether you you want to admit it or not, it's going to take you a minute to slow the heart rate down and settle in. But once it, they it, did, it Lansing Catholic never had a chance. It happens to professionals and to college. I mean, of course, it's going to happen to high school. Right. I mean, so. But the thing was is that they figured it out. Mm-hmm. They got what they needed. I mean, we talk about three-run homers. Three-run homers was the story of yesterday. Um, yeah. It's what costs Richmond, and it what's, it's what elevates Algonac. Um, and, uh, again, the the shame of it is, is you, you know, Kasner doesn't get to, to pitch in the championship uh, game, but – if he doesn't pitch yesterday, maybe they're not playing well, the championship. Well, and here's game. the other thing. It's not like I'm worried about Bryce Simpson going out no. on the mound. Yeah, no, and I'm here's, not either. Here's the thing with Kasner, though. Like, he was good yesterday by no means. Like, he was good, and that's the minimum I'd say about it. Um, he was really solid by the end. But I've seen him be elite and electric, and, like, I know when everything's clicking, and it wasn't that otherworldly level. But I think his reputation – and, you know, the hype around him played a part with Lansing Catholic. After they went down 3-1, to one, it was almost like, <sighs> we got our one run. There's no way we're scoring two more. Like, that's kind yeah. of what it felt like. Like, they knew they had to win a low-scoring game, and they went down two runs, and it go, and they went, we're not going to get two more runs off of him. Now, whether that's true or not, because their first three innings, they were having really quality at-bats. I mean, all you have to do is take a look at the numbers. The first three innings, they had 16 at-bats. The next four, they had 15. It It was, I think, a mental thing for Lansing Catholic. It felt like they were defeated on that three run home run. And even when they did get a hit, Algonac didn't waver. They kept going, and I kept saying on the broadcast, it felt like the Algonac freight train just started getting momentum and getting momentum and getting momentum, and they couldn't slow it down, especially after that three-run home run that got it started. And, yeah, Lansing Catholic, I think, was as mentally defeated as on the scoreboard. 
Well, that's fine by me. Right. And, I mean, we've seen it before <laughs> happen to our teams. Yeah. Like, play a country day, a deal, a sal, or whatever, and it doesn't matter the sport, and you think, okay, we have to play perfect, and if we don't play perfect, we're not going to win this game, and then they make one mistake, and it unravels after playing, like, in football. They play a good first quarter. It's 7-7 seven to seven after a quarter, and then they make one turnover, and then it's 35-7 to seven at halftime. Yeah. And they let it unravel. Especially our teams that have to to play the the De La Salles in football or the Kings. I'll, I'll, or... I'll even go D- Dakota in basketball. Right. Well, this year was a little bit different, but in years past, right, it, it's like oh, at halftime we're, we're in this game, and then they come out and and make a couple of buckets, and you turn the ball over, and the game's over. Right, and that's it felt like we were on the other side of that. That Lansing Catholic felt like they had to basically no hit Algonac or shut them out, and when they didn't. They it took them a minute to pick themselves up, and by that time it was over. And Drew Tolfrey, who had given up three earned runs all year, gives up four against Algonac, and he's a heck of a pitcher, and he's a young guy. He'll be back. Uh, he's going to be a force, but just wasn't his year. I think this is the Algonac story this year, and well, we can save that for the third segment because they're going to play Bridgman, who had to walk off Stan to Sterling, but. Yeah, yeah, it's uh Well you I, I you think about this kid. He gave up three earned runs all year. He gives up three on one pitch in this right. game. That had never happened to him. Right. And that's one mistake. Like that's what I talk about, the margin of error. You made one bad pitch. One. Algonac wasn't hitting the ball hard all over the place. Heck, some of the besides the home run, some of the hardest hit balls were ground outs. So it's not like you pitch terribly, but the line score is gonna say four earned runs over six innings, and that doesn't look pretty. But in reality, it was a hit batter, a bloop single, and then a home run. And your stats and line score are messed up because of it. But Algonac took advantage of it, and they are playing for a state title. Hit batters, walks, errors. If it happens at the start of an inning, I'm telling you, those people always score. <laughs> they it, always seem to find the plate. It feels like very rarely you just see an inning where it's single, double, double, single, and it's 3 nothing. Yeah. There's always some sort of mistake or, or error by the defense uh, in their, you know, you know, some wild pitching or whatever that lead to the big uh, innings. But um, I'm glad that uh, Algonac had the big inning in this one. Uh, they get the, uh, the win. Uh, anything you want to add on this one before we take a break and talk about Saturday? No, I think it's uh, pretty, uh, pretty um, well put how we talked about it. Uh, just congrats to them. Now, well, we'll say it more, go finish the job. I mean, this is what you've been looking for. Now you've been there. Now you don't have to worry about the bright lights, and you know what to expect. All right, yeah. and we'll talk about Bridgman, who they'll play, what, Saturday at 1130? Yeah. Well, and about. I'm sure Coach Thaler already had a scouting r- report by the <laughs> third inning of this game. Right. Um, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, well, for the second straight time, they had to play after a 10-inning game. Because it was Novi and someone else played a 10-inning game. And Algonac's probably thinking, come on. Like, we had to do this in the, re- in the quarterfinal. Now we have to do it in the semifinal. Who knows? The D1 final might go that long. So, all right. Anything else before we... Um, well, I'm going to take the break here, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about Algonac playing in the championship game tomorrow.
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 810- 987-2185. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. DB Smokehouse has the best barbecue in the blue. Brisket, pork, and sausage, you're guaranteed to not be disappointed. Located in the parking lot of Pete's Camping Service on Lapeer, it's DB Smokehouse. Open Thursday through Saturday from 11 until the barbecue's gone. And DB's does catering. Whether you're feeding 10 or 200, call DB Smokehouse. Get what you need at 810-689-0448 and like them on Facebook to see if they're open on Sunday. It's DB Smokehouse. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, uh, Dennis and uh, Brady, and one game to go. Brady Beaton, the baseball championship with Algonac taking on Bridgman. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Has Algonac ever won a team state title in anything? Um, and I will say that they've been there a lot longer than you think, so I'll say they've won something. They have, and uh, if you don't know, shame on you for not knowing the dynasty that Milford Finch had for Algonac Boys Track in the 1930s. How could, 19, I, not, how could I not remember that? Not I thought when I heard Milford Finch, I'm like, wasn't that the writer, or the writer from Elf? <laughs> Milford Finch sounds it, like an old was, presidential candidate. Well, like Millard Fillmore, yeah. he was. He probably remembered Millard Fillmore in his he campaign. Ran against, he ran against Benjamin Harrison, right? So in 1931, <laughs> Milford Finch led the Muskrats to a state title. It was only the sixth. State, or excuse me, the seventh state title ever awarded by the MHSAA. Wow. And then in 1938, they won again. And then 
the legendary Ted Soule took over and won it in 1939. They then were a runner-up in 1951. Slackers. Yes. So uh, about 100 years ago, Algonac was pretty darn good at track. So they have won a state title before. That was the only one we could find. Cool. So this would not be, unfortunately, would not be history for Algonac, but for anyone that can remember, this will be the first state title for all intents and purposes in the last what's 19 in the last 84 years or whatever yeah. that is in so, a long time let's just put it that yeah, way it's it's basically like re- hitting the reset button and winning a state title so they take on uh milford finch is just such a great 1930s <laughs> track coach name like that just sounds like someone like if i had to guess their job i probably would have guessed like 1800 baseball player um which he probably was like i said it sounds like a presidential candidate well, that ran against Rutherford B. Hayes. Well, <laughs> Algonac will be running against Bridgman for the state championship in baseball. And Well, I guess I can try to tell you as much as we know about Bridgman. They were ranked uh, in the final D3 poll. They weren't particularly high. Uh, they came in at number 16. They were a step above Sandusky. Um at this point, that means nothing. Rankings mean nothing. Number one's left, and number 16 is left. So that tells you everyone else in between. Yeah, and you know what? Because they're left, they're, they're num- number two. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and Algonac has a really nice – they're going to be the favorite in this game. Uh, Bridgman, they are, they ha- they're listed at 26-5. and five. Uh, They In the postseason, they had to go through – uh, it started in the looks like the district. All right, yeah, the the schedule is formatted weird. They beat Niles Brandywine ten to nine in eight innings in the district. Dennis, I believe they were down eight to one in that game. Think about that. In the and where they've come from from that point in the district final, they were down eight runs and came back and won in eight innings. And we always and we talked about it um, in the press box uh, with some of the guys from the state about how every team seems to have this magical run. Remember, Algonac was being no hit through what five and a third innings in the district final against Almont. There's a not too different universe where their season ended two and a half weeks ago, and Almont maybe makes this run or they bow out to somebody. But then they beat Niles Brandywine. They beat Centerville 6-2. to two, They beat Grass Lake 4-3. to three, They knocked off Whiteford in the quarterfinal 4-3. to three, And then they walked off Standish Sterling 3-2 to two in the semifinal. So they've kind of had a run like Richmond softball has had where it just feels like it, it just keeps happening. Everything breaks their way. You know, uh, I'm just I'm looking at their roster, Brady. Thirteen players. They have eight seniors. So this is a team that's been trying to get to this point for a while now. And I know the one team they always struggled to get through. I believe was Buchanan. Um, was who they would always bow out to. But put it this way, Algonac, you're not the main character in this story. This is the Cinderella run for Bridgman. I mean, you you come back from down a ton in the district. You have a nine-inning affair against Ottawa Lake-Whiteford. You only beat Grass Lake by a run. You have to walk off Standish Sterling in the semifinals. You're not the 
the Cinderella, the one every, the great story. You're the the bad guy, the big bad villain on the other side of this Disney movie. How are you going to handle that? I mean, are you going to go in and just try and crush them? I mean, this team seems like Teflon just looking at their postseason run. Like they had some of that magic pixie dust. They sprinkled it over themselves, and they just find ways to win games. They've got a sophomore outfielder who's 6'4". That's, well, (laughs) I don't know if he's good or not. I I don't know either. But, um, yeah, it's I can't tell you a whole lot about them. I'm sure Coach Thaler has told the team everything about them. Heck, he might have their social security numbers. Um, with the, I'm, I'm sure he does. With I, I, I can tell you this is the best final for nicknames with the Muskrats playing the Bees. I like that. Um, their coach has been there 11 years, so there's some stability with this yes. program. And, again, Algonac, you're the favorite. You're expected to get there. Again, Lansing Catholic from talking around the people at the state was probably the biggest hurdle you had to face. Now, no one cares if you beat them if you fall over. You're expected to win this state championship. You have to find that line between going in confident and going in cocky. You go in cocky, this team has found a way to to make this run, and I, I just know that when you're on a roll like this, Dennis, and I'm sure you've seen it with hockey teams before when you covered that weren't the number one seed that just kept finding ways to win, you can't describe it. It's just that magical factor in a run. Well, I mean, again, you sometimes it's as simple as you get a hot hitter. Right. Case in point, Piper Clark. Right. You get a pitcher that gets on a roll. We all knew Katie Shoeboy was an elite pitcher. Right. But she really didn't have an elite regular season this year she had her moments she had a really good regular season yeah but sometimes in against the really tough competition she wasn't shutting them out and even in the postseason there'd be base runners but then you'd see the best rise to the top then you'd see her start getting strikeouts and weak contact because she'd lock in and go okay yeah you got some runners on but nobody's scoring right you know, and that's all it takes. A hot pitch in baseball or softball, all you need is a, a pitcher who's mowing them down, or you get somebody hot in your lineup. And sometimes one hot hitter leads to three or four hot hitters because it gets kind of contagious. Or in the case of Algonac, the hot hitting turned into good defense and pitching. Yeah, that's what happened with Lansing Catholic. That energized them, and then all of a sudden it snapped in. Like, oh yeah, we're Algonac. We're supposed to win this game. Yeah, this is how we play baseball. Be- because a lot of times you'll see it if you have a bad at bat, you take it into the field mm-hmm. and you start making mistakes. Well, if things are rolling on one side of the ball or the other, it can carry over to the other side. Now, it's an always an interesting scenario when you know it's your final game. Like, that is a very rare commodity to have. And if you're a senior on Algonac, it's it's a, something that you're not always afforded in just about every sport, and especially at the high school level, knowing that you're walking in and it's your final game of the year or for some of their final game of their career. So there is no tomorrow. So you can – I don't know if you manage the game a little differently. I don't know if you, you play with a little bit more of a reckless abandon, but this is the last time that you are going to step on the field in 2023. How are you going to approach that Yeah, for uh, the ultimate prize? To do something that Algonac hasn't done unless I missed another sport, and I apologize if I did, but and for the first time in 84 years. 
You know, it, it, it's interesting because not everybody's moving on to the next level. Either. Right. So for some guys, this is it. Right. This is the last game they're going to play in a at a competitive level. Right. You, know, you might until the modified league gets rec ball or, or, or whatever. But like, the, the this is kind of it for some guys. And I mentioned that Bridgman's got eight seniors. Algonac's got eight seniors. Right. They got eight guys who've been grinding it out and remember when Algonac baseball wasn't that great. Right. Um, and the difference, though, between the two sides is Bridgman's only got 13 kids. Algonac's got 23 kids, well, so I, they got 15 kids coming back next well, year. Well, uh, a fair amount of those are JV kids that were called I, up. But- I know, but this is a good, great experience for them. This this gets into your blood of ooh this is cool let's get back here. Well, that's how you develop that winning culture and yeah. kind of like with Richmond softball, it feels like every single softball player that comes through will play at Michigan State at least once. Like they'll get a chance to go to a Final Four, and Algonac's trying to get to that point. Um, one thing I did want to bring up: Would this not be the biggest difference, the biggest dichotomy between the start of a school year? and an end of a school year for an athletic department. You start the year by announcing you're not going to have a football team, and you can end it with a state title in baseball. That'd be pretty awesome. That's a pretty big difference from starting on one of the lowest notes you can think of to ending with the biggest prize. Well, I mean, and, and we're just being honest here. We don't really talk too much about Algonac until, Till we get to the spring. Right. They've struggled in football since 17, I think, was the last year of that run. Um, they, they've struggled in basketball mightily. The, in, the boys' team has right. really struggled. The girls' team has been – they've been okay yeah, but not great. They've been respectable. Like, they've – they upset North Branch this year. Yeah. Which was still maybe one of the biggest upsets we've had in the in the calendar year. Yeah. But um, – and, yeah, and spring is Algonac's time, and – now they get a chance to show it, get a chance to take that state title. And it's it's tough because this is a huge moment. This is something you work for forever, and it's something that um, Coach Thaler has gotten his guys to buy into and and gotten worked as one to get to this point. I mean, losing to Edison last year, knowing that you had a good team, losing to Richmond a couple years ago when they made the – the run to the semifinal. They remember two years ago they had beaten Richmond in the regular season and then lost in the postseason to them in the districts. So they've had aspirations at making this run for a while and now they're finally here. So yes, it's a big deal, but you also can't let the moment overwhelm you. And it is a tough thing to do. You have to try to remember that it's baseball. And if you can get a moment like Josh Kasner had in the first inning or in the third inning where you don't have to be a home run, but something that settles everything down. I think the other part of it against uh, Lansing Catholic was they were getting base runners on. And some I've noticed this with a lot of teams. When an ace goes out there and doesn't mow down the first three batters, one, two, three, like everyone's expecting, it's almost like, no, that's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to get a hit till at least the fifth inning on him. Yeah. Or if you get one at all. Right. <laughs> like, no, no, no. You have to see him once before you can even make contact. And I think that was a little bit part of it. So have to wait to slow down the heartbeat. But, yeah, it is a big stage, and I'm not going to lie and try and downplay it. This is an awesome moment. It's uh, it's uh, something that they've never been at before, and it's special. And 
you'd like to think with a lot of the talent they have coming back, you can get back here, but it's not guaranteed. Look at Cardinal Mooney. Two years ago, they were playing for a state final, and they lost, and we sat here and went, you know, it, it didn't feel like the crescendo. It felt like part of the buildup. Yeah. And we thought for sure with that talented group, they'd get back. And it's not as if they weren't talented or didn't play well. They, it's hard to get to this point. You know, Algonac knows that from last year. Edison's probably not going anywhere. E-Course isn't going anywhere. Well, that, that, uh, Edison's a perfect example. They're sitting there going, we were so good last year. Right. And we're still looking for the answers. Right. This is a hard thing to do. So, one, don't take it for granted that you're there, but finish the job and get it done. Because you're the favorite. You're the other team. You're... Name name a sappy movie. You're the coach and Rudy. You're you're every <laughs> bad guy and every di- you're the Finnish team in the Mighty Ducks. You're all Iceland. these Iceland, whatever, <laughs> whatever Scandinavian ass country it was over there <laughs> that no one knows about. A randomly picked country for a villain. Anyway, I've never actually Ni- watched it. Nicest people in the world in Iceland. <laughs> yeah, because there's eight of them. Just stupid that they picked Iceland as the bad guys. There's more people in Algonac than it's in a Iceland. Stupid movie. Anyway, and the flying V is offside. No, it's not because yes, it is. Anyway, um, <laughs> but you're the bad guys in this movie, and don't let Bridgman have the storybook ending. Because, like I said, I've spelled out their run. There's people in Bridgman going, "We just have it, team of destiny," and you have to come and be the bad guys and drop the hammer on them. And the clock strikes midnight for Bridgman on Saturday. I just, uh, uh, again, these are silly stats that only I notice. How in the world is Algonac going to be playing their 41st game and Bridgman playing their 42nd game of the season with the weather we had the first month of this baseball softball season? Yeah, I don't <laughs> They both. What is Bridgman's record in the book? Because uh, they, they, they are 31-9 and nine in the book, so they'd be 32-9 and nine now. Okay, so it was a little – they didn't report all their scores. Yeah, where Algonac has. Thanks, Algonac Coach Taylor. 37-3 going into this game. Yes. You're the favorite. Be the heel. Be the villain. Because the, the Hollywood writers are saying that the Bees win the championship. This ain't Hollywood. Nope. This will be East Lansing, and you're from the swamp. Yes. So sounds like a storybook ending to me. So, and one last question. I've seen both. Would you say rats or scrats when you shorten muskrats? Oh, that's interesting. Like uh, all you trendy people would probably go with scrats. So but I, I say, say rats. Rat. See, I say rats, but I've seen both. And, I, and I'm curious because I'm not from Algonac, and you're not from Algonac. I wonder what the nomenclature in the swamp is. If they, because I've seen them use yeah, both I guess before. They get to decide, but it's like those people. Uh, okay, it's the Avs, not the Lanch. Okay, <laughs> or if, how if, pe- if you're saying the Lanch, then you don't know anything about or hockey, how people from, and you're just a bandwagon fan. I've never heard anyone say that. Anyway, oh, they used people, to say it all the time. People from San Francisco don't like being called Frisco. So I was just curious because I saw those two and I wanted to ask you. Because I've seen both scrats and rats, yeah. and I kind of like rats. I, I'd go with rats uh, too, but, you know, what? just just win baby is my, right. my mantra. So 1130-ish on Saturday. They have one game before them. Um, It'll go 10 innings. Probably. But either way, <laughs> even if it does, it won't be too far behind. Um, I'll be on the call 
and it'll be our final game of 2023. And then we'll talk about it on Monday. Yes, we will. We'll talk about the Muskrats Championship on Monday. Sounds like a plan. All right. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.